Welcome to Coaching with Kelly, a podcast that gives you the tools that you need to invest in this season of your life. Join life coach Kelly Tibbetts as she interviews inspiring leaders who help you identify your why, name your strengths, and value your energy, soul, and thoughts. This podcast will help you live a brave, creative, purpose-filled life. Welcome to Coaching with Kelly. I'm so glad that you are here today. I hope that our time together truly helps you to live a brave, creative, purpose-filled life. And today, my friend Johanna Beachy is here, and I'm so excited because, Johanna, you're the epitome, in my opinion, of living a brave, (laughs) creative, purpose-filled life. So, Wow, we're coming down strong right from the beginning. (laughs) You are my bravest friend, so I'm so glad that you are here. Um, You want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how we met, if you remember. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad to be here as well. So I'm, I'm thankful for any of you that are here listening and a part of it. Um, so like Kelly said, my name is Johanna Beachy. I'm the family life pastor at Manchester Christian Church. So I grew up in New Hampshire. I'm, I'm a New Hampshire girl I'm from New England and absolutely love it here. I've been working at MCC for about eight years, was volunteering in a part of that church pretty much my whole life, even before that. And so I think probably about seven years ago, because it would have been early on, like when I was first a new staff member that I met Kelly, and it was through Donnie Brown, who was our children's pastor at the time. He was like a mentor to me, brought me in ministry. He was the first person that I kind of like, like was a staff in ministry, not a church um, working alongside. Mm -hmm. And he set up like a network for people working in churches, especially with kids. And I'm pretty sure it was through that that I first met Kelly, which I'm guessing was at like a network lunch or breakfast or something like that would probably have been where we first connected. So it feels like even longer than seven years. It really was. It was 2012. Yeah. I just stepped into Harvard and Donnie connected all of us. So Mm -hmm. we'll have to tag him in this podcast. So you are pastor favorite churches right near my house. One of the places I used to go, even when I was in ministry, I would go there on Thursday nights and we would get to say hi. So I'm glad that you are here today. And um, you were actually one of the people that connected with me about four years ago mm-hmm. um, that helped me move my, you know, ideas about what I was going to do with the rest of my life from ministry to coaching. So mm-hmm. excited that we've been able to connect that way. And one of the ways we connected is through understanding the Enneagram. And the Enneagram, yeah. uh-huh. the I and the INVEST acronym, it's the identify your why. Why do you think and feel and do life the way you do? There's nine different lenses, nine different ways to feel, do, and think through life. And so... I think you've got some good clarity on your number and have been able to identify your why. What would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I actually think you've helped me a lot with figuring that out and even just diving in and, and seeing what that means. So so I'm an Enneagram 8. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been fun to explore and see what that means and see what that means in ministry and in a role where you're looking out for people and being a woman in ministry, just being a woman in general, who is an eight (laughs) is an interesting thing to explore. Um, So yeah, I mean, if you don't know the Enneagram, the eight is like the, I think a lot of places call it the challenger. Mm -hmm. For anyone listening, that's sort of, that's a good description of my Enneagram type. But yeah, it has been interesting to explore that in recent years and and just learn more, honestly, about like how God wired me and the Mm -hmm. plans and ways that he has like has a call on my life to use me through some of the stuff that he was like, this is who you are and this is what I can do through you. So that's been a really cool thing for me to realize you know, with exploring something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I like Beth and Jessica Cord's description as a protective challenger, which mm-hmm. then in the healthy sense really describes someone like you who has 
invested so much of your life in making sure that the vulnerable and those that we sometimes don't notice are cared for well. And so as a children's pastor, you've done that now as a family life pastor. Um, you've also, as you said, become a pastor. And I think something kind of worth celebrating is, was there a female pastor at your church before you, or were you um, able to kind of help? I know that was something that I was able to do at Harvard was bring female leadership to our church. Um, how about for you? Yeah, no, you there, there wasn't when I started. Um, and I was a part of a, a group of women that were in kind of the first round. Um, and our elders, which I'm, I'm really grateful for the time that they spent over this, they spent a lot of time praying um, and just you know, seeing what God was going to do through us and through our staff. And so a couple years ago, um, they shifted to that and created roles that um, what it would mean to be licensed as a pastor, to be called a pastor at MCC and what that looked like. And in that round of it, a couple years ago, there were some women on staff that they were like, we know that God has a call in your life for you to be a mm -hmm. pastor to people. Um, and, and they were really intentional with that. And so that was kind of cool experience for me to really also, you know, I, I had to go to God and be like, okay, is this something you're actually calling me to? Like being a pastor is like, I never like pictured that as a job for me when I was young, mm. when I was even in my early twenties, I never thought yeah. that was something I knew that I had a call in my life from him. And I just, and I knew it was like fighting for the vulnerable and it was like speaking up for people and all these things. But I think that was cool in recent years to, to look at like, so part of that is that you have called me to love people through your local church. And one of the mm. ways you do that is through this thing that we call a pastor <laughs> and what yeah. that looks like. So yeah, that was kind of exciting to be a part of that that kind of shift in that first round um, of people that were, that were being used by God in that way. And to see that that was like something that was really supported. And it was exciting to, to realize like, Hey, we, we want to just release people to, to love the way that God has called them to, and to be a part of really unleashing his church in this time too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've loved watching you walk down this road again. We met like right at the beginning of this, you had sort of, I think heard that call um, out of mm. high school when what you did right after that. But then since then, mm -hmm. you know, I would walk into your church on a Thursday night and see all the kids run. And my favorite part of watching you minister is the way that whether the person is 50 or five, you'll bend your knee and be there eye to eye. And that's the mm -hmm. pastor in you. So I'm glad that that's been acknowledged. The other piece about the Enneagram, besides giving us these words that kind of describe us in a way that makes sense to us and to others, is it gives us a way to identify, hey, there's three ways to process information through your gut through your heart and through your head. And that even gives us a lot of grace. It gives us the ability to work well on teams to understand, hey, we don't all do this the same and all three ways are fine. H how do you process information? You've got your heart, your head, and how has that knowledge helped you as a leader? So for me, like, especially when it comes down to making a decision, it's definitely my gut. Um, I'm, I'm in the gut family for sure. Mm -hmm. And I, it took me a little bit to realize this actually, because I'm definitely like an information person. Like I love reading and I love like learning about stuff and I love history and all that. So I was like, oh, it's probably my head. Like I want the facts and I want to, you know, have all the information mm -hmm. behind it. But then when you put it in like, but on like on the ground, when you're on the field and you need to make decisions and you need to move forward. Um, what I realized is, no, it's definitely more my gut. I, I make it based off of like almost like an internal instinct mm -hmm or an internal like inspiration, which for me, a lot of the time that comes back to like, what do I feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting in this? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I realized that when I'm having to actually make a decision or move or like speak up about something, it's really coming from a, like a gut level, like internal conviction sort of a place. Yeah. No, and that's so good. And even as you begin to study the Enneagram, you realize that we move to different 
numbers, mm-hmm. as we call them, mm-hmm. different centers of intelligences in our strength and our health. And, you know, I've been around you a long time. I see the practices that are in your life. And of course, eights go to five, which is the very head center. Yes. And so I uh-huh. love watching all of that work out for you. So my goal in these podcasts is to give people just new thoughts. Listening to others mm-hmm. sometimes gives us a new thought we haven't had before. And one of the most important thoughts is that you are worth investing in, mm-hmm. that um, self-care is not selfish. So you have been in ministry for a long time. You started right out of high school, went to Africa for a while, came back, and you've been working. In in my opinion, I've done a lot of different ministry. I've been executive pastor and children's pastor. Children, family life, those, those <laughs> ministries are hard because you're just leading huge teams of people, right? Yeah, you can't just yeah. get up there and do it on your own. Yet somehow you've managed to live this very healthy, balanced life. What do you do to invest in yourself and care for your soul? Hmm. That's a great question, and I think it, it matters a lot, um, mm. especially – and, and I think this is not only for someone in, in ministry, although definitely, and I, I for sure like echo what you would say about, I think one of the hardest jobs you can have is, is a children's pastor or, or working with kids, working with families and students. Um, but I think especially this year, you know, it's anyone, anyone in a people facing organization, it's been really draining and really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with someone who's, who's one of our superintendents of a school district in this area. And like this year has been incredibly hard for people. And so that, that to me is just a really important question. Like, how do you keep going in a role where you're pouring out continually and serving mm-hmm. people and you love people and you're caring for them? And how do you do that? But in a way that's healthy, in a way that like you are in a healthy place to keep doing that. Um, so a couple of things that come to, to mind for me. One, okay, I guess we're just giving like shout outs to Donnie Brown in this podcast because, <laughs> because I, I, do, so much. I do think um, <laughs> one of the most significant things for me was that when I first came into ministry and being staff on a church, I saw through his example, especially his, but some other people around on our staff too, mm-hmm. um, the, the practice and habit of taking a Sabbath consistently mm-hmm. and also taking even like spiritual retreat days occasionally mm-hmm. where it was like, in addition to your Sabbath, it's not just yeah. your weekly routine of a Sabbath, but I saw that modeled for me. Yeah. And so it was something that I set very early on and I've not stopped doing it over the years so I have a very consistent weekly Sabbath. And over the years, like with schedules changing, it has sometimes shifted to different days. Yeah. Like currently mine's a Friday because mm-hmm. I work, you know, Sunday through Thursday being full time. So, but, and the idea of like a Sabbath is not just like a rest day where you like, right. you just, you're on the couch, like vegging, yeah. watching TV or something. Time, like, right? it's, yeah. it's time that's restorative to your soul. It's time that you're with Jesus. It's time that you are filled up again. And so to me, that's been one of the most significant things is having a rhythm and a pattern of something like a Sabbath and having that rest. Um, Other things, like I think it, it, I had to learn this going through Mm. ministry over the years, but I think it's important to realize that like this may be like a call that God has on your life to do something like this, whether, and that's like, whether you're a teacher or a pastor, or like, if you feel like this conviction that like, this is what God has told you to do with your life, that's amazing. And that's a wonderful thing. That doesn't mean it is your life. Absolutely. Like that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you should be working 14 hour days every day, that you Mm -hmm. should not have time to make a healthy meal or time Mm -hmm. to go for a walk or something like that. Like that's not a healthy pattern for a person to do long-term. And if God has given you something or shown you something amazing to do in your life, that like he wants you to be able to do that long-term and and you can't do that if you have unhealthy patterns. And so that has been a big thing for me too. Like if you can't stop and eat lunch in the day, that's not good. Like (laughs) eat healthy food. Like you need to be able to leave at a 
normal time and, mm-hmm. and go be outside and do something that's healthy in a day. So that, that's a big thing too. Like, and that was, that's a hard thing for me to learn. I mean, as an mm-hmm. eight, I'm like an all in, like I will work for 16 hours and not stop. Like I have, I, it's a very important practice for me to realize like, it's not actually all relying on me mm. and that I can step back and set the work aside and go do something like cook dinner or yeah. take a walk for 30 minutes and that the world's not going to fall apart because I'm not taking control of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, again, my whole heartbeat behind doing this coaching is that people begin to be self-aware. And mm-hmm. so you and I will be connecting later, but in addition to the nine Enneagram numbers, there's these three instincts. And one of them is called self-preservation. And we've always talked about this. You remind me so much of my oldest daughter. And when you don't actually <laughs> yes. have that self-preservation. And I like her. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to put practices and systems around you when that's not your natural instinct, right? Yes. When your natural instinct mm-hmm. is the social or the this one-on-one instinct. And so what I hope people are hearing from this, whether you are a pastor, whether you're home this season as a mom who's working or dad who's working yeah. and trying to balance mm-hmm. out the ball, is to realize like our identity should be in nothing outside of love daughter, love son of God. Everything mm-hmm. else is the yeah. gift that we get to invest in and we get to value. But yeah, you're so important. And so finding those exercise rhythms, finding the time to read. I know that's really high on your priority list. Yes, it is. And I love this picture. Maybe I can grab a picture and put up there so people can see. Well, one of the things that I think you've done really well in this season of COVID, it's been hard on everybody. Mm-hmm. And you've had to pivot a lot and you've done some really interesting things. But one of my favorite things is how um, you are an avid reader, love to read, and you were trying to bring that love to children. What were some of the things you've done in the season of COVID to help families experience it? And if they are currently in a place where they're not sure, either as a grandparent or as a parent, how to pour back into their children. I know Manchester Christian has created some resources to sort mm-hmm. of partner with families. Could you tell us a little bit about first um, getting that love of books into kids and then how families could connect with Manchester Christian if they're looking for just some additional support during the week. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the things that was kind of exciting, exhausting, like you're saying, for sure, and, and a pivot. Um, but it was also exciting to just be like, what are new things that we can try? Um, and so, like you said, I love I love reading and I'm a big mm-hmm. um, book person. And I like I want kids to love Jesus, but I also really want them to love books. <laughs> so yeah, I'm always like, wherever I can encourage that, I will. Um, so we kind of early on, you know, our kids team and our student team was just sort of looking at everything that was happening earlier in the year. And we knew we we weren't going to be able to be in person with a lot of the kids and families, um, that we had typically been with. And what we realized like early on, one of the things is like people were getting bombarded with so much like information and stuff to read and things to do. And we were like, what, what are just some stuff that we can offer that might be a useful resource for them? And it's spaces that they're, they're already in and it's not adding more for them to do, but is hopefully like something that's just a helpful tool and resource. And so we, um, we had already had a YouTube channel, but we really kind of built it up more. So we had a, a MCC kids YouTube channel MCG students one as well. We just did different things on each of them. And the kids one, one thing that I started doing, because we were like, this doesn't have to be like rocket science where you're like, what, how do I figure out the entire world has shifted and changed and everything about my job is flipped upside down and I need to figure out in a week and come up with this whole like five step, like, no, what are you, what are you passionate about and like doing and how can you provide that? And so for me, it's books. Mm -hmm. So like we we each did different things, but like one of the things I was doing um, was a weekly book recommendation. So mm-hmm. it just created like a two minute video and I would post, you know, that to our YouTube channel and it would just be books, a different book each week that I love that I was recommending for kids. Cause I'm like, Hey, you're home. Maybe you have more reading time or this is something that you have access to. And here's book ideas for you to be reading. And so that's, that's one thing we just stuff like that. We started doing 
because we were trying to also think what where are spaces that people are right now. We're not like giving, trying to give families more to do because it's been right. overwhelming for them this year as well. Figuring out everything in life, like schooling and homeschooling, if you've never right. done before and everything. Um, so also one of the things that we're doing right now, which I've been really excited about is, you know, we, we're not doing in-person kids church at the moment. Um, we're not doing any in-person services right now. And so we're pretty excited about the way that there, there actually are a lot of church buildings available to be used. It's just people's homes <laughs> is what they yeah, are yeah. Um, when, you, when you think about people being the church. Um, and so we know that a lot of families are gathering together in their home for, for church stuff right now, for services, for worship. And so we have a resource that we created. We're just calling it the family experience or family service where we basically created, instead of it just being like an online service, just the normal one that anyone would watch, we created one that was geared for families. And so it has kids leading worship. It has kid-friendly mm-hmm. worship music where there's like dance moves and stuff. It has like a kid's intro video. And it's got the sermon and message that we're in as a church. But we are hosting, like we, we break it up and have pause points so families can pause it and ask mm-hmm. discussion questions. And Because I'm just, this is what I'm getting so excited about in this time. Yes, I love this. Families getting to worship and learn and grow together instead mm-hmm. of being in separate spaces to be able to do that yeah. together. So there's like all kinds of stuff that we tried that did not work either. I'm and highlighting some of the things that are, that I'm excited about right now, but there were so many things that were like, well, that didn't work, but, but we just that's tried my it. favorite thing. Leaders should always be wanting those notes, right? Like mm, you should try yeah. things on purpose to see what stays and what doesn't, and then be okay mm-hmm. with letting the things go. Not everything yes. will work, but yeah. in order to get to what works, you have to keep trying, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what that's I found really. even just in becoming a life coach. Like, hey, I've tried this. This didn't work. I'm going to try this. But the final thing I really want my podcast to be for is for for female leaders. Like, I hope mm-hmm. that I speak to everybody. But, it, you know, intentionally helping female sure. leaders invest yeah. in themselves because we tend to often, not all women, but in general, women find themselves sometimes going past their limits in caring for others at the expense of themselves. And so I want them to just be surrounded by leaders who keep pointing them back to self-care is not selfish. But mm-hmm. what have you noticed as a female leader? What is one of the ways, okay, one more shout out to Donnie Brown for, you know, speaking <laughs> over both of us. <laughs> Next time we'll have him on. But like, what have you done as a female leader? You're surrounded by women who you've called leadership out in. Mm-hmm. What have you done to sort of model leadership for them? And then as a woman, how are you investing in your leadership? So I think two things that come to mind that I would speak to that. Um, the first one, and this has been pretty key for me in, again, kind of going back to being healthy in ministry. The first one is that I'm continually reminding myself that other people, like no other humans are my enemy. Mm. That, like mm. my, my fight is against like not flesh and blood, but against the principle, like, right. Like it's yeah. against, I know who yeah. my enemy is and it's not other people. And that, that's yeah. just a key thing for me to remember because I'm like, especially when it comes to like working alongside men or working Mm -hmm. alongside people that maybe disagree with me or like we, we can figure these things out. We can talk together. We can learn together. We can even disagree, but we're, I'm not, you're not my enemy. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. enemies with you. Um, So that has been just really important for me and my, like, I'm not giving up on figuring this out with you or having this conversation because I think when you think of someone as an enemy, it's easy to write them off. Like, I know. well then just never mind you. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to have this conversation with you or you just don't listen or something. And that's like, no, we're in this together, especially if we're in yeah. the church together. And so we are going to have this conversation and kind of speaking to that, like that we are going to have this conversation. I think it's important for women to realize and like deep in your heart and soul realize that insisting that someone listen to you or even just speaking up and saying something 
it is not, you're not being bossy. You're not being mm -hmm. bully. You're not being any other B words. Like you are, <laughs> you are, if you truly believe that you're created in the image of God and that he has gifted his Holy spirit to you and that you are coming before him at his feet and listening to him, then why would you deprive the world and the church from hearing from you when they need to? Like, and it's, people may not listen at first, like, but that, like you having the confidence to be like, I know that this is something that needs to be said. People listen to that. They really yeah. do. And I think that's important to realize, like, there's so many women that like the world and the church needs your voice mm -hmm. and you just, you have the confidence to be able to speak it regardless of what responses you get from people. And honestly, yeah. in my case, more often than not, the responses that I've gotten have been, we appreciate you and we yeah we value your voice and thank you so much. We didn't know we needed to hear that. Or we were like, that. that's honestly more the response that I've gotten. There have been times when I've been like, no, I don't want to hear from, like, but that's the very rare instance, honestly, at least in my case, it has been. Well, so. I think part of why it's been rare in your case is the way you show up. Hmm. You show up fighting in advance. You're not my enemy. We don't understand yeah. each other, but you're not my enemy. And I think right. that is applicable outside of, the church and females becoming leaders. I think right mm -hmm. now we're recording this um, during election week and to yes. realize that yeah. we're not each other's enemies. Mm -hmm. Sometimes though, women do need to walk the confidence of their call and yes. be able to stand strong. And so I love that you're an example of that to the people that you are leading right now. I'm so thankful that you were going to be on here with me today. If people want to learn a little bit more about you, find out about some of these books you recommend or watch you on the weekly show called This Is The Day, how could they find you? Easiest way is probably through Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. My Facebook has my, my, this, we didn't even get into this, but it we has my African her. name. Yeah. Um, so my Facebook is Isimbi Johanna Beachy. And so honestly, that's like the easiest way people can find me on there. I usually share stuff from there um, or YouTube as well. We have the MCC Kids YouTube or the Manchester Christian Church YouTube. Um, and we share like our This is the Day show, which is a, it's a daily show that we do. And I'm on it once a week as one of the hosts. So I'm always recommending books and stuff like that on there too. Um, but yeah, if people like reached out on Facebook or found me that way, that's probably the easiest and they can see a lot of stuff for YouTube too. Excellent. Well, I will be linking to that. And I'm so very thankful that you're here today. I think just a reminder of we didn't get through everything. So we'll have to have you back on so we can go a little bit deeper into the um, person that you are and the incredible work that you're doing. So Johanna, thank you so much for being here today. And for everyone who's listening, I hope that our time together today really helps you to invest in the season of your life, mm -hmm. to believe in that call that is on you, that the world needs to hear your voice. I hope it helps you invest in your relationships by understanding that you are exactly made who you were supposed to be and you can walk mm -hmm. in that confidence. And then finally deciding to invest in your dreams, whatever that purpose is that God put in your heart. I hope today's conversation with Johanna just helps to bring that to life. So thank you for being here today. Absolutely. It's been great. Thanks for letting me. Have a great week. Too. Thanks for listening to Coaching with Kelly. Join us next time for more conversations on how to truly invest in this season of your life. For more information, or if you would like Kelly Tibbetts to be your life coach, you can find Kelly Tibbetts Life Coach on Facebook, or you can visit kellytibbetts.com.